we just had like Pacific on. So now we're going to go into this pop punk trend. Now we're going to bring the home team through uh, our podcast and kind of dissect what they've been doing on tour and such. And there was two things to mention that I noticed when I discovered home team, because Shayna, you discovered home team way before I did, because I discovered home team um, on my for you page. There was two things I specifically noticed. One was that um, there's a huge influence in R&B in the vocals, like specifically. I it just like that was just like how I felt like right off the bat. Two, um, Trevor Lawrence can actually not play football anymore and just do this full time. Oh, so. no. <laughs> <laughs> I can't escape. Nah, I'm sorry, dude. But yeah, it's Brian Butcher from the home team, dude. I mean, (laughs) I thought I was the only one that thought like that. And I guess not. I, to be honest, the first time I ever heard a Trevor Lawrence comparison was like when he first got drafted. And I was on a work trip. So clearly this was before COVID. And one of my coworkers was like, that guy looks so much like Brian. And I looked at him. And I, I just go, like. I was like, yeah, maybe like a smaller, less athletic, less strong version of me. And everybody cracked <gasps> up because he's oh six Oh my eight. God, you do. <laughs> You're both super handsome. Like that's oh, probably, you. That. you know what I mean? So like you got that going, but it's like, he definitely has more of a blonde hair than you do. And yeah, um, for sure. I think, I think one of the edits, like the color corrections in your post-production for one of the music videos, it was, it was a little bit blonder. I think it was in like some kind of like trailer or something and uh i was like whoa trevor lawrence and i was like but somebody already beat me too and i was like all right i'm not original fuck it that is so funny um that said i am going to switch to the other thing that you mentioned which was r&b vocals and i'm so happy you said that because that i a lot of people don't know this and i don't i don't even think i've publicly said this i do not listen to rock much anymore i really pretty much only listen to r&b and pop um I have a bunch of favorite artists uh, that I, I have been trying to draw upon. And I feel like some of my like friends and family members uh, who have known way before since way before music have been like, how come you don't like, you know, pivot to that kind of genre? And I'm like, dude, I don't think it makes sense for me to. Like with my voice, try and move into pure R&B. I think it makes more sense to continue doing what my voice is good for, which is rock music. And just take as much influence from R&B as possible, because that's going to create something that nobody's heard before. So that's that's kind of where I'm sitting at right now with the looking forward to the next next batch of material. Yeah, because I thought Tyler Carter and Shayna thought Tillian. So like you're just a love sure. child between those two. You know what I mean? <laughs> love that. That's and awesome. then, like even like Tillian solo stuff, like the bands that tour with him, like Andres and all of them. Like oh, yeah. that's what it sounds like. Like it's. It's really yep. not pop punk. Like the two albums in comparison, like, because I first uh, found you guys, I guess it was 2017 or 18. 
And I still haven't decided how I figured, like how I found you. It was either Mark from Goalkeeper booked a show for you guys at Creep Records. Yeah, so, I do remember that. That was fun. So that was that. Or, because I literally texted him, I was like, have you ever played with the home team? <laughs> and he's like, no, but I booked a show. And I'm like, all right, so there's one. Or it was the pop punk playlist. Um, uh, yeah. I know that's not specific at all. I don't remember. That one's not dead. Yes, that yes. one. Mm-hmm. Um, and because, like, when I was looking you guys up, I was like, I know this song. And I know this song. Wait, I know this band. <laughs> that's um, awesome. But I, but I hadn't listened to any of your new stuff. And then comparing the two, I'm like, oh, this is so much cooler. This is it, so this is so much I'm different. Like, so this isn't just a generic way. pop punk band. <laughs> like, That's awesome. I, I was... love the newer stuff. Right on. Uh, yeah. I was I was going to say, we, we have been trying to move away from the label of being a pop punk band for a long time. Unfortunately, our name is probably the most pop punk band name you could possibly think of. Yeah. Uh, that was not intentional. We literally, I mean, it was much, our band name is much more representative of our sound like, you know, three to five years ago. We just ended up doing something new and we really liked it and it didn't really make sense to change our name. We we thought about it. We definitely thought about changing our name when switching to this new stuff. But honestly, I don't know if like... It's one thing for a really big band to change their name and rebrand and do all that when they have a lot of like backing, but for smaller bands, it's like you kind of you kind of eliminate a lot of buzz or press or following that you had already. You kind of have to start from the beginning. So we were like, I don't think that's worth it. Let's just roll with it. It's not a bad name. I think that I think it's like it's easy to remember. People. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So I don't think that. Yeah, I don't think it's going to hinder us in any way. It's just going to be like people are going to think one thing and then they're going to hear it and they're going to be like, that is not what I expected to hear. Right. <laughs> well, you're evolving, which is very healthy because you know what that means? That means you don't really have a shelf life like a, a lot of unfortunate bands out there that have that. So, I mean, for sure, that's, that's like really what really matters. And marketing when it comes to that, I mean, like there's some bands that have changed their names and it's worked and some bands that haven't. I mean, actually, let me think of like two bands. There's a band Turnover, oh, Turnover working um one that didn't work uh us from outside went to chasing safety which was inspired by <laughs> i can't um, fucking believe you know that band oh dude they were oh from around God. here they were local they're from i just blew here, yeah. yeah i just blew both of your minds both of you had your mouth open I just, like, oh my god name in so long That's yeah so remember funny. dude us from outside had that one really good song um hey, you open up it yeah. comes up that one yeah the lose yeah. part of ourselves over time dude i used to bump that shit in high school so much me too oh we're That's definitely funny. the same age then yeah i think well, I, I think even better just to like move your like just to prove your point even more um i didn't know they were the same band chase so, I, I i do remember when they switched their name and yeah, i, I and, listened to the new stuff and i was like ah, yeah and they and, and all the members changed i think it was like they were slowly like getting like removed one at a time or something so it was like eventually it was like a whole new band with all new members and shit some kind of like um with rain city drive now how it used to be slaves it's johnny yep. craig's like last band and matt's cool as fuck i actually like the name so let's see if it works out for that but <laughs> man I was dude that's because yeah, johnny that... craig's a shithead exactly Fuck. But yeah, more on us from outside because I remember that their first album and their second album had two t- sets of singers, mm-hmm. like both different singers on each one, which is why for the next album they changed their name. Totally makes sense. 
I actually fucked with both of those albums for different reasons. When I was in high school, I listened to the second S from Outside and first S from Outside record. I don't remember either of the names of them, but um, I, yeah, I, I loved them both. Uh, I went back and listened to it like probably about a year ago, just because I one day was like, huh, I remember that band. Uh, not the same now. I, it doesn't really resonate with me anymore. That's okay. It's it, yeah. it has a special you place grow, in my memory. You change. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> um, but either way, I that's so funny that you brought them up. I <laughs> I never bring them up ever. I never talk about them on my TikTok. Nothing. I just like it's a band that I truly appreciate because it's very rare that you see bands that like change names and shit. Like it's it's I like I can't think of anything else really. But like that was like the first thing yeah. that came to my mind. But. Word. But I like the name though, in a sense. Like, and dude, like, like I said, evolving your sound and kind of like reaching out. So that was the first impression too. It was like because the first song that came across from my for you page was right through me, and like that course so fucking catchy. It's like, all right, this dude's fucking solid. I'm definitely following. Putting them on the playlist, yada yada yada. But then I started like dissecting the whole album, um, in general, and uh, which is now available. It came out October twenty second. Slow Bloom um there's some r&b triplet influences and shit i was like all right so i wasn't wrong like right because that's i i, I sort of heard it like mannerisms in that chorus but like i'm not gonna like put a staple to it if it's like not true right and i listened to the rest of the album i was like okay there's definitely some influences in it's definitely yep yeah, absolutely um yeah. i got a problem on the album I, yeah right uh, for the triplet thing, I, I know you're talking about the beginning of Move It or Lose It because it goes, it's just a matter of time. Mm. Everyone's got something stuck. When I wrote that, I was like, am I doing this right now? Is this is this what we're going to do? It <laughs> was good. Dude. And it was I, really fucking good. I'm glad you like it. Um, But yeah, no, like I think one of my favorite artists lately has been a guy named Lucky Day. He is, I mean, he's fucking phenomenal. He released an album in 2019 called Painted. Um, and I think he was nominated for a Grammy from that album. Okay. Um, oh. Yeah, I dude, he's like way really big, but nobody I hang out with or know knows about him. He's like, but when you look at his Instagram and listen, it's like he's huge, but nobody in my circle listens to him. And I, he's like literally one of my favorite artists of all time. Um, I also am a really big Ariana Grande fan. I think that I. I think that she has more R&B influence than most pop singers. Mm, um, she also knows what she's doing vocally. Like yes, she's absolutely. A, she's such an insane vocalist. Just, just I don't, I know nothing about, uh, you know, trained or untrained, but like, you could just, I watch The Voice and like yeah. her as a coach, I'm like, holy crap. She's insane. Like you're too. so talented. Yeah, so. it's, it's, it's legit. I've also been lately into a, a duo named Van Jess. They're super good. Um, it's just a it's the R&B duo. Uh, I, their their current vibe is a little nostalgic, and I really like it. But anyways, yeah, I I do listen to rock. Like I'm not a poser, but <laughs> dude, it's okay. But posers lately, is I... an overrated word. I don't like that word. But you, nobody's a poser, <laughs> dude. That posers is a word for someone that's like a gatekeeper. You know what I mean? Fair like, enough. Yeah. A gatekeeper would use that word. So if someone thinks yep. you're a poser, they don't belong in the scene. Um, but no. no, it's just something that I noticed. And I'm glad that like I nailed it around the head because I was like, dude, like this is is this different for sure? And like speaking of the album, it's only been out for a month. And that song single-handedly is almost touching 1 million 
and from yeah. your your overall streams in general you have like a uh, combined of 10 so that's fairly quickly in numbers so what did the label say when you were starting uh, to receive these numbers very quickly i mean i think they knew when they heard it good <laughs> when they <laughs> that's heard, why yeah. i signed you <laughs> i think when they heard it they were like yeah this is gonna be good this is gonna do well um yeah no the i mean better off has a i think cumulative 10 million and that was over the last three years obviously still um, a lot dude i think we've only accumulated like fifty thousand in like four years so you know what i mean like <laughs> well, a, a big part of it was also she's quiet and sh she's quiet like yes it got on a bunch of playlists which is a huge reason reason why it did super well but now it got removed from the said playlists like probably six months ago and the plays haven't dipped which signals to me that what it really happened was people heard it from the playlist and then saved it and now it's just in there saved um right. and i went to go corroborate that or i went to go check that <laughs> To see if that Shane was true. Guilty. <laughs> I did. I checked my stage because I was like, why do I know? Because if I know all the words to a song, I listen to it, you know, handfuls of time. And right. I did go to my saves and it was there. Yeah. So. And that, so I'm really happy that that's the case because that means that people liked it enough to save it from the playlist. Uh, but I went to the Spotify for Artists app to check and see if that was true. And if it, uh, if it wasn't just the, um, what's it called? The, the, the the playlists oh, no okay, the playlist. okay. um editor edit, editorial playlists is that what spotify those, those are editorial playlists yes so it wasn't just those um it was actually a lot a huge portion was people's saved libraries um so she's quiet has pretty much carried better off on its back because it has six of the 10 million yeah that's <laughs> that's organic too like that's something that you don't really just right. see every day so that's already fantastic in itself um which makes sense because the and music then, is fucking great dude so appreciate it very much uh slow bloom has already hit about 2.5 since being out and i'm really stoked about that uh obviously right through me has been out for a long time and other the other singles but i am i'm very excited with how it's doing we are not too cool to admit that this is definitely the most buzz we've ever had and uh, we are we are very excited about it because we have been grinding. <laughs> yeah, I mean, oh, for sure, like, dude. I, yeah, I think I joined in like 2015, and they have been a band since 2013. So it's, yeah, it's been a it's been a minute. I I've watched something like this happen uh, over the years with another band that's on your label. We were Sharks. They mm -hmm. grew just as organically um, as you dudes are doing, and you're technically right behind them and like not numbers, but just in general, like it, it seems like it's like a really good, um, pace that both bands are doing currently. Uh, yeah. I think, cause I think they've been a bit, I don't know if they've been around longer than the home team has been, but I just remember seeing them like before lost touch was dropped on victory records, which is no longer labeled anymore. Thank God. Yeah. Um, now they're on revival recordings. Um, and they just released their newest album. Um, which wasn't too long ago, but in general respects, like it, it's, it's good to see the numbers grow organically because then you see like the, the internet, like follow you like to a T like they're kind of like on your backs. Like when's the next tour? Yep. When's the next, this, how do I get merch? What's going on? It's like, it's so it's fucking been very cool. cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool as fuck. And I'm just glad that you guys came across my for you page on TikTok because like I said, that's another tool that just like really puts your numbers out there. So yeah, we, we have, to lean into it more to be honest and i one of the one of my 
one of the things on my to-do list coming back from tour is to start making a lot more TikToks, like specifically with me in it and singing. Um, and I have been, I have a bunch of soundproofing panels up in here. Uh, this is like our little office that me and Dan's, uh, Dan's desk. Um, and I have, yeah, I have a bunch of soundproofing panels in here so that I can record things in here without too much uh, <clears throat> room noise. I don't, I don't record like album stuff in here unless it's just like a little punch in thing. Like I have to just like fix something really quick. I can do that, but normally I'll go to an actual studio, but I'm transferring a bunch of them and I haven't had a bunch of extra ones into the garage that's right next, like right here. Um, and I have a big like, orange back wall in there like a paper roll oh that's where that came from from the tech talks because that yeah. looks great yeah so wow i really want to start doing more in there and so i put a bunch of sound panels in there so i can record directly in there and not have to just like lip sync and fake it <laughs> yeah no the lighting but looks great on that wall i, uh, I think it's perfect appreciate it uh i pre i used what did i use i think i used my uh, Sony A7S3 for that one. The, oh, for sure. It's, I think that's the same camera that a bunch of our music videos were shot on. Yeah, because the music videos are definitely very well produced. I, I appreciate it. Your, I, I don't know if it's your equipment or somebody else's, but it's just like kind of obvious. Uh, I made them all. <laughs> no way. Oh, I love that. Uh, except for watching my friends get rich. I can't take credit for that one. That was uh, <laughs> we we brought in somebody. I will totally admit is better than me. He. He is, uh, we've been big fans of his for a long time. His name is Mark Walters. Um, but all the other ones are me. What do you usually use to edit? Like Logic or not, excuse me, not Logic, uh, uh, Premiere Pro or, um, the Premiere Pro. That's what I use for this podcast for sure. So I do Premiere. Um, and then for color grading, I'll, oftentimes I'll switch over to DaVinci Resolve. Um, I like DaVinci a lot just because it, I think, I mean, honestly, I would switch it to it completely if, uh, if all the other elements of it were as good as Premiere, as right, far as exactly. editing and assembling goes, but dude, I don't you know just... if you've ever used it, but it's really good. No, I have not. But you remind me of Blake from Action Adventure because he kind of does that shit with his TikToks and his music videos. Like he does a lot of editing and such. He actually works for I think the Cubs, like the baseball team. Oh, whoa! Like, he That's does like sick. yeah, he like actually like the, he's full time there, being like a uh, producer or editor or something like anything like film film like video photography or filmography or whatever the fuck photography nice. whatever the fuck so it's cool but um yeah and like dude you're cutting out like in general like that's technically diy like not to an extreme because you're on a label which is fine because like you know labels do a lot of justice every so, every so often but um i totally applaud that because it's so expensive to hire outside third parties to do a lot of that stuff so if you can just do it on your own and it looks great, which it does. Like, dude, like you're saving not only money, but then you can just do it whenever you have the time. Yeah, to. and we can do it our way. That too. That is. Yeah. That was another big thing is that we a lot of times we find that when we're competing with other people as far as their vision goes, and they like obviously a good uh, producer, a good cinematographer, a good director is gonna is gonna want to take whatever the vision of the client is and and make it the best it can be anyways without overstepping their taste on it unless it's something like you go to somebody because you want their style right right for sure. so we 
Yeah, we, we kind of just got to the point where we were like, dude, if we have the capability of doing it ourselves, I think that's better. But as I said about Mark, um, we love Mark's style. And he uh, he usually does rap videos. And he was he was also the touring videographer for Issues on their Beautiful Oblivion tour. And we were opening the Seattle date of that. And he hit us up asking if we wanted any like him to film our set. And then we were like, yeah, absolutely. And he shows up and he immediately was like, hey, so I was thinking of like which song to do. Uh, I really like your guys' song Fashion Forward. I think I could do a really good job on that one. We were like, oh, like you listen to the music and you know, like you, you, wow, this is very professional. And he was just, he was on top of it. And then the, the, the final product that he delivered to us was so fucking good that we were like, we can't not work with this guy again. And yeah, so, exactly. He was inspired right off the bat, so he <laughs> knew what he wanted to do for the video. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's right. So, shit. honestly, we will probably do all of our future videos with him, which I have no problem with because, quite frankly, that shit is a ton of work. And as much as I want to do it in house, I have so many other things that I should be doing right now. As far as home team, like I should be doing TikToks. Uh, I am also in charge of a lot of our Patreon content, mm-hmm. like we do these little mini casts between me and Daniel. Um, we will just like do like a 15, 20 minute episode. Um, and we post those on there and those take time to edit. And it's honestly, I shouldn't be making the music videos anymore. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> at least you're aware though, because I mean, I, I listen, TikTok has helped me out a lot too. So I'm just nobody. So like, so it's like, you, at least you're it. aware it's 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 fucking crazy how one video can like completely change like your fucking perspective Projector. in the industry yeah fucking crazy dude so how was tour tell tell us everything awesome <laughs> it's fucking crazy like, we didn't expect any of that at all it was like dude we i mean we have done 10 plus shitty diy tours in our career mm-hmm. we like we had like now what do you mean by shitty like playing for nobody you're not getting exactly, a guarantee like, like yeah, you're not getting paid from the promoters okay it's the it, com yeah all of the above it it's and a lot of it was just like sometimes there'd be a really good show and then other times we would just have like a string of three shows where nobody came out and it dude it was it sometimes it was really disheartening when especially when you got to the point where you know, 2015 to 2017, we did probably like six or seven tours. Um, and that was before we released Better Off. And then we released Better Off. We go on our first support tour for a band back in the day called Rest Repose. You were talking about Jared Dines earlier. That was his band. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, record, yep. And uh, we did a full U.S. tour with them. And then... That did really well for us, and then immediately after we released Better Off. So then that was the first little like step up that we ever had, uh, as far as counting on a couple people being at some shows here in the future. So then we <clears throat> did a 2019 full US, and it was it was there were some great shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I think the best show was probably the last show of the tour, which was Salt Lake City. Salt Lake has always done well for us in Utah in general. And we, um, yeah. that was, that was an awesome show. And we, yeah, it, but, but just on that tour, there were also a bunch of bunk ass dates where nobody was there. And it was just like, 
we it was only our second time going to a bunch of these places. Uh, it was really fun for us, and we got to do it. But it was it was it was a DIY tour. Yeah. So, anyways, getting getting to now, we did. Well, we only did two more tours after that. We did one short run with Don Broco and the East Coast, which was another huge bump for us. Which was I was awesome. Say, that's huge, dude. Because they, I think, like, wait, when was that, by the way? It was fall of 2019. We filled in for Trash Boat on four days that they could not be there. Okay, I think I remember that because they just got off the tour with Dance for Artificial Selection. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. They were. Um. It was their. It was their next tour after that. Their headlining U.S. tour. Yes. Um. Correct. With I think Sleep on It was on it as well as Trash Boat and Selfish Things. And we were gunning for that opening slot. Didn't get it. Uh. Totally fine. And. We, but we did get those first four dates, and those were huge for us. Like they, they made, we made so many big fans, uh, it just in those four days, and the, uh, then we did a, a little, full, like West Coast DIY, same shit. Some shows where it sucked. Played Chain Reaction for the first time ever, and the show didn't get promoted at all. So there were like fifteen <laughs> people there. Fuck. Uh, <clears throat> so fast forward, you know, two years, uh, we are finally playing shows again and we start booking this one and we're, we're like we have a feeling this one's gonna do better because we're releasing a new album it's we've had two years to grow like we think we're like crossing our fingers like this is gonna this is gonna do better right but, mm-hmm. but we were all kind of nervous like we were like what if it doesn't and we go back out and it's the same fucking bullshit yeah uh, and boy we were right it was different and I, it, we were blown the fuck away by how many people came out to each show. It, I mean, we were at 150 average. Like, the socials we, like kind of looked like every show was booked for sure. It like, was to an extreme. It, yeah, it was wow. real, for for us for us. Oh, like, I love that for you guys. We are we are a humble small band that has been grinding for a long time, and the fact that that many people came out to the shows, I dude, we were so floored by it, and. I think Sacramento was probably the biggest one. It was like 213 paid. And we well, were like, this has never great. fucking happened to us. Like, what the hell is going on? Was it Dude. just the West Coast? Yeah, it was just West Coast. It was, it was only 11 days, but it was 11 days with no days off, which we are never doing again. <laughs> right. Oh, it's difficult. I mean, Salt Lake was like the second date. So, like, you knew you were going back to something special. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Salt Lake was great. Um, Dude, it was just like, lines at our merch table so like forever i like this is something that's completely new to us and we were like we kind of couldn't believe it and so it was very overwhelming in the best way um and part of me was like this is because we had no days off and there were so many people and the set is so much harder now like these new songs are so much harder to play than the better off songs um it was one of those things that halfway through we were fucking exhausted oh, and we no. And it was the chain reaction show that I think was the night that I was like, dude, I'm I'm burnt out. And unfortunately, that was like the worst performance I had the whole tour. And it was one of the most important shows because there were a bunch of people there that we really wanted to impress. But and somebody filmed the whole set and it looks awesome. And it was like our worst performance. Fuck. (laughs) I I, I think we're going to I think we're going to post that pretty soon because we're going to do it regardless. It's like we're not that worried about it. But you guys can go watch it and you'd be like. 
a couple things in here that <laughs> I don't know, dude. I mean, every artist is a critic to themselves, which is healthy, but at the same time, like, dude, I mean, like, I'm sure it wasn't too noticeable. And like, not only that, man, like, it's that's not easy. Like, especially with everything you're saying, like, like how, like, and and, and being a vocalist, like, I mean, were you resting? Were you not talking? Like, I'm I sure that was awesome. That. That's what I'm saying, dude. dude. Like, so like. I- I used to I used to have to baby my voice on tours, right? I used like between 2015 and 2018, I would have to baby my voice a lot. But 2019 came around and I got to the point where I was like my voice was killing it. I didn't have to I didn't have to baby it anymore. Like obviously I had to get enough sleep and I had to drink enough water, but I didn't have to do the no talking thing anymore. Um and I could just like bust out the set and have no problem. And I was kind of expecting to go into this tour with the exact same disposition, and uh, I was fucking so wrong because this set is so much harder than the Better Off <laughs> set to sing. <laughs> um, and so I had to go, dude. I'm starting from square one again. I'm babying my voice, uh, but I'm not starting from square one because I'm doing way harder shit, and it's gonna make me a better singer. So, right. I'm happy I'm doing that. Uh, but yes, I had to baby my voice. I had to like get as much pot sleep as i possibly could i i mm-hmm. usually do the night drives and so i was going to bed at like four or five and then i'll wake up around 3 p.m just because yeah. i have to i have to sleep as much as possible sounds right yeah exactly what was the oh shit moment dude on that tour like wow this is like different oh, as fuck probably <clears throat> what was day three so it was spokane it was las vegas was day three thank you uh it was probably. What, do you have the routing up on your computer right now? <laughs> Literally, I have a Google Doc. Like, fucking no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, that was too quick. Too quick. I, I think the oh shit moment was either either in Las Vegas or it was in Fresno because Fresno, we were like, we 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 had a great string of four shows that did super well, and we were like, Fresno is gonna take us down a peg. Like, not a lot of people live there. We were anticipating like that was going to be the one where we were going to be like, all right, all right, now this, now that the 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 curtain has been pulled back, we are still the same band, and Fresno was one of the best shows. So we got there and it was fucking great, and we were like, okay, when is this going to hit us? Like, when are we going to get the like the, the reality check moment, right? Mm-hmm. When it, yeah, when are we gonna get the dud show? And Man. not a single show was a dud. That's uh, so funny. I think sick. we every single show, every single show on this tour, we did more in merch than the best show on the 2019 full US. Wow. And that was with Don Bracco. Every single show. No, no, no. Oh, uh, better than all four of those dates too. Dude, that's fucking crazy. That's fucking crazy. <laughs> So I'm not trying to brag. It's more like a no, 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 we no, no. Are, no. It's not a brag, dude. Hoard. It's a humble brag, and like it's just no, I, I, it's facts. That's something to be so proud of. Like that's are, so awesome. It is. It is a new feeling for us. Also, and I feel like not not to like to our own horn with the East Coast and even the Midwest, but like that genre does even better here. So like it does. It absolutely does. So like when you keep going east, like I feel like you're not like it's gonna be the same. Yep, I agree. I think yeah, so. Yeah, like that's uh, incredible. We uh we already have our plans for coming out there. Um, we will probably be there around February. <laughs> Sick. So okay, now we're talking beginning of February or the end of February because I have plans for the end of February. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna be on the East Coast 
like February twentieth area. So you have to All change right. that for Shayna. Like you can't. You might have to. <laughs> Sorry, not allowed. I think I've, I've already said way too much. I... <laughs> <laughs> People are gonna hear this and be like, "What the fuck?" Are they... All right, all right, Brian, 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 Brian. Let's take a step back. Let's take a step. Back. I'll get you out of this. All right, dude. So like, I think, I think, dude. Um, that's great that you were in Vegas around that date too. It says October twenty second because the emo night, which you didn't have to compete with in Vegas, was also a fucking huge show, and that was between the fourteenth and the seventeenth. So you guys really fucking missed that bullet. Um, dance, Gavin, dancing gold necklace with Kurt Travis. Like he was playing in the venue, uh, far from Electric Factory, and I was like, dude, what is like the worst chances that like they're playing in the same city? Like, not that it's a bad right. thing, but you know, there's competition when those that kind of shit happens. Absolutely. So you, I mean, you can only go to one show un the, unless you're splitting up your time. Essentially, yeah, yeah. yeah. Which like, yeah. does anybody really do Ooh, that? Yeah. The, the only time you can right. do that is at Warp Tour, where it's like, well, if I fucking catch three songs for this band, then I go and yep. run to the other stage. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So fucking... uh, I was gonna say a perfect example. Uh, I guess this this isn't quite as close uh, as Kurt Travis and Dance Gavin is, but uh, just the other night, Neck Deep was here, and the Tiny Moving Parts Capstan Belmont tour was also here. Um, and I, I do understand that that was not their biggest show of the tour. I mean, neck deep was right, like not far away. Uh, the venue wasn't. And so anyways, yeah, good example. Dude, um, it's what happens. It's just the industry and how it works out, man. Like if you're playing too close to another similar genre, someone you're, there are going to be people who are like, Hmm, who do I choose? Right. What are we, exactly. we so, going to do? So, I don't think we had to compete with anybody, which was really with, nice. That's what I'm. Th all right, that's basically the conclusion of what I was trying to say. I was like, dude, yeah. there's there. I don't think there was any competition out there. It's not really competition. Yeah. It's more like, like, oh man, like now there's two shows. Now you got people got to flip coins to who they want yeah. to see. Yeah, I mean, it's gonna so. split up. We were going to have uh have to split our crowd a little bit because I know Dollskin was gonna be playing in uh salt lake city as well at this on the same night and those they're friends of ours and we yeah, were there was a there was a moment of talking about merging the shows that's uh, interesting that would have been cool the promoter ended up saying no uh not because he sucks he doesn't suck he's awesome uh but no he it's because he was like i got these locals I'd have to I'd have to kick some of the locals off. It'd be yeah, too big of a show. I get um, it, dude. Sometimes they drive yeah. the numbers, you know. Yeah, he was like, I I can't do that to any of my guys, and we were like, all right, all right. Uh, and then Dollskin ended up having to cancel that show anyways. So we didn't. Oh. Yeah, we didn't split the crowd. Um, it definitely, uh, in the in the realm of not again not quote unquote competition, but right similar crowds wanting to go to each show, they're gonna have to pick one, and so mm -hmm. the both of the crowds are gonna suffer from it. Yeah, seriously. Um, so. And going back to this album, so it's like dissecting it. I, I, you know, I talked about the whole R&B influence, but I also noticed that you have a couple features. One of them being Yvette Young from Covet, which was yep. very, very interesting. She wasn't the most prominent feature vocal, but like it was very refreshing to hear her like kind of like um, I would say octave you in a way, like towards the end yeah. of the song. And then you have Jeff Loomis and Veil of Maya, which is like that completely like uh, shocked the fuck out of me. I was like, wait, what is happening? Um, but we'll, yep. we'll start with the vet first. John and Yvette are friends. John is our guitarist. Um, yes. And one and he was like, I'd love to get a vet on a song. One day he's like, hey, you want to be on a song? And she was like, yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> um, she but it, it works 
like her voice and even like Covet works with like the new sound that you're going with. It's like I a perfect feature. Yeah, I, I totally like, agree. Um, I think one of the other things that maybe maybe she was excited about, I don't know. I was excited about this. I feel like every like metal dude and their grandma just like goes nuts over her shred stuff. But we were like, dude, she's a phenomenal singer. I kind of want to highlight that. Right. And so I we were like, dude, fuck getting her as a guitar feature. Like, obviously, she's an incredible guitarist, but I, we would love to have her do something different that people are going to be unexpected, not, not expecting. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it, yeah, it worked out super well. I mean, I, I've always been... This is funny that I'm I'm into like pop and R&B and and I have this opinion about it, but I've always been partial to features that are not like one verse just wedged into a song. You know what I mean? I've always been partial to features that kind of flow with what the um with what the vocalist has going on already. Um, and so that I mean same thing with Lucas from Belamaya. He he's just all he does in Danger is I'm sure you were going to move on to that next. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, fine. You can do it for me. That's a, you're making my yeah. job easy, dude. I'm just gonna sit here and put my feet up. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Fuck, dude. I, all I had him do in Danger was like supplement my vocals in the second chorus. Um, and there's a there's a couple parts where he peeks out by himself, like yeah, you I can hear it. I'm losing it. Yeah, that that's him. Um, but the so Lucas is a different story. We met him, um, in <clears throat> Minneapolis on our 2019 full US because we were playing a show with his other band, uh, the airway. And the, the, we played with them. I am a huge veil of Maya fan and I have been since for a long time. And I was, I was a little like nervous. I was like, wait, what the fuck is he doing here? <laughs> uh, <laughs> but he was a super nice, cool guy. And we would, we, we talked to him and afterwards we went and grabbed a beer and we, it was totally, it was totally chill and totally normal. And we were talking to him. And ever since then, I just, we, him and I just kept in touch. We were just texting. Um, and eventually we were, we were finishing danger. And I was like, dude, this second chorus needs something else. And it like that. I was immediately like, Oh dude, I got to get Lucas. I got to go get Lucas on this. Um, to clarify the only reason it says, uh, Yvette Young, Jeff Loomis, but then his says Vale Maya is literally just because of how Spotify structures how they do other artists and because they link to an artist page. Um, and Lucas is the only one of those three that doesn't have his own artist page. Yes, so correct. That, that is just to explain why it says Vale Maya. No other members were involved in that. It was just Lucas. Um, but it was literally just for the sake of Spotify and Apple Music linking to artists. Um, Makes sense. Got to adapt to the modern framework <laughs> yeah now john's gotta also fucking shred jeff solo you know what i mean like oh that's never gonna happen <laughs> <laughs> it's like a prog metal fucking solo i was like no so now shit. i'd love to, yeah i'd love to talk about jeff uh so as we were recording we were working with an engineer named aaron smith here in seattle he actually used to mix and master all of our stuff um but he's more of a metal guy uh, which is why some of our older mixes might sound a little more like beefy or metal. Um, uh, so we still, yeah, we still record with him often, but you will usually we'll have somebody else mix it. Uh, in this case, it was Seb from neck deep and the, <clears throat> but when we were recording with him at his studio, he also does all of Jeff, Jeff Loomis's solo stuff. Um, hmm. He he'll, he'll, 
yeah, he makes him makes and masters that. Um, and I think we were, I think I had like a placeholder guitar solo at the end of that, because when we were in the pre-pro process with sky, uh, we, this, this is important. I don't know if I mentioned this sky from issues. was the producer on this album. Um, he is also the one who played bass and he had a huge part in rearranging some of these songs, like structure wise, um, cause he was producing it. Danger is one that got probably the biggest rearranging and the ending is what happened. So when sky heard it, heard what we had, that was just a bridge at the time. And he was like, dude, you got to end with this. So, this is, I promise, this is relevant. Anyway, so he. <laughs> I'm so fucking interested in this. Like, please, dude, please go on. Because so, the fact that we're making, like, relations to Carter's fucking vocals and Tillian's and now Sky's involved, like, this is fucking, yeah. like, it's too real right now. So I'm just like, all right, dude, That's like, funny. you're making me uh, feel better. Like, <laughs> guy, is, guy is the fucking homie. We love He's that so guy good. so much. He's um, touring with 21 Pilots, too. Or he, he like, plays with fucking, them and shit, dude. Like, isn't that fucking insane? Fucking <laughs> awesome. I love that for him. He's so fucking talented. Like. Uh, we are so stoked for him. Uh, anyways, so he... Yeah, when 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 we were sitting at John's house doing the pre-production for Danger, he was like, dude, rip a solo. And I was like, all right. So I, I sit down, and I, I, was, I just kind of, like, put together, like, a noodly little thing. Mm-hmm. And it was pretty cool. I, I was... I liked it. I kind of want to dig it up and listen because I haven't heard it since then. But we had that as a placeholder when we were recording Danger. And John was like, dude, we got to get like a fucking ripping guitar solo. And I was like, you don't think my guitar solo is ripping? I'm just... <laughs> <laughs> what are you trying to say? Bobby? No, I, I knew what it, I knew where I knew what it was. Um, but and then and so Aaron literally goes like, I could I could ask, ask Jeff if he wants to rip a solo. And we were like, really? So be fucking sick. Yeah. Uh, and so he totally did. And the funniest part was he, he messaged us the day, the, like the day he had wrote it that night, he was like, Hey guys, I'm almost done with the solo. Uh, it's been like 10 hours and my fingers are bleeding. And we were like, you did not have to go this hard. Like yeah, we, you could have spent like five minutes jamming and we probably would have loved it. Yeah. What <laughs> but the no, fuck? That's he cool. wrote one of the sickest guitar solos I've ever heard in my life. And we I we were like, this has to this has to go in the song. And originally the way the structure worked was that it was gonna fade out or like over the solo. But right. we were like, dude, we can't cut this fucking solo. So we literally extended the song. Fuck yeah. Because it, it works. Because I it like had. it. Like yeah. anyways. It's, it's not like a ten minute song like Taylor Swift, because you know, she fucking, you know revolutionized the industry with 10 minute songs but right you know like what shana <laughs> i mean she herself did that but no it's just a joke i think i every time ever since i saw the meme for like prog metal musicians and bands like seeing taylor swift getting like the glory of having that 10 minute song they're just all crying memes or like That's Michael so Jordan funny. crying memes because like every fucking prog metal band has like a ten minute song somewhere. <laughs> you know what I mean, Tool, yeah, when, Periphery. When I like... saw that, I didn't realize how much like it was a big thing, and I'm like, is has this not been a thing for like how are people just catching on to ten minute songs? Also, like, isn't Bohemian Rhapsody a thing that the song everyone knows about? That's like a seven minute song. I was just gonna say it's like a seven minute song. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, Coheed is cringing right now. Coheed. <laughs> 
<laughs> Claudio's listening to this right now. He's like, God damn it, guys. Like, fucking. I've been doing this fucking shit since 2002. <laughs> <laughs> Say the, my um, name. Death Cat for Cutie. The, um, not, I'll follow you into the dark. Um, the, you gotta spend some time, love. You gotta spend some time. Possess your heart. I will possess your heart. Mm-hmm. That has a four minute and 30 second intro of just yeah. music. Yep. Yeah. It's and like then an another end, like a... four or five minute of like the actual singing. Yep. It's um, eight minutes and 25 seconds. It's crazy. Yeah. So I fast forward through four minutes and 30 seconds to get to this. <laughs> <laughs> it was a long song. I'm like, come on, guys. Let's I go. don't blame let's you, go. dude. You didn't torrent the, ra- torrent the uh, radio edit? <laughs> <laughs> Might as well at that point. Fuck. Yeah. The radio, the radio edit is actually just the four minute something song. Yeah, right. exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, and it, but Danger is a five minute song, which is great. Um, And it's 11, 11 songs on the album. Dude, it's fantastic. Like, the, I, I'm just so stoked for like it doing so well right out of the gate. That's what for I sure. was like uh, mostly stoked for. Um, considering the fact like you were able to tour on this, I just know we had this conversation with uh, Jordan Black. Um, it's so weird. We go in these like interviews where it's like specific genres at a time. Like I was doing a lot of like swan chord prog rock bands at one point, and now I'm doing pop punk. And we're Shannon's doing pop punk. Wait, Shannon, you didn't? You weren't there for Youth Fountain, but we did a lot of Pure Noise records. Like it was First fucking of all, crazy. You dude. need you need to enunciate Youth Fountain. Because every time you say youth found, it sounds like newfound. Do I say that? Yeah. Huh? Dan showed up. We're going to start oh, this interview over. All right. I just, I can't <laughs> even get over every time I have to process that you're saying youth fountain. Youth I don't found? know if you saw my face glazes over and I'm like, what is he talking about? Yeah, youth I'm gonna call. I'm going to call is you it... out every time you say youth fountain. <laughs> is it worth it to get Dan in here? Yeah, sure. Have him sit down, He just dude. showed up. Yeah. I will have to take out my head. That's okay. I hope it doesn't echo too much. Are you busy? Do you nope. I was here for youth fountain, but I couldn't do it. I was doing something that day. Yeah, I, I know. But it's crazy that we were going on these like weird, um, like specific genres or labels, like around. one at a time. Like it'll be in a row. How was downtown, dude? We heard you were in downtown Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> Went to a very bougie art gallery and bought nothing because it was expensive. So what is the future of the home team right now? So like, I'm sure it's going to be like touring. Like we already talked about, like maybe on the East coast, like come the new year and such, like what is the goals and ambitions that you want to accomplish to take that next step? I mean, our ultimate goal has always been to make the band like the full-time gig for all of us. Like this is the thing that, pays our bills and we're able to like devote a hundred percent of our time and quit our jobs and put everything into the band. Um, that's, that's always been the end goal. I think we are, I mean, we're all delusional. Every musician who starts a band thinks they're going to be the next one to make it. I've thought that since I was 15, I've always thought the (laughs) next record was the one, uh, I feel it now more than ever. Uh, but I've been wrong every time in the past. So we'll, we'll, we'll see how, we'll see how this one goes. Uh, but no, we're feeling, we're feeling really good about it. Uh, the response to the record has been just insanely positive. Um, we have our first ever support tours coming up next year, which, uh, we haven't uh, announced yet. None of them are ready to announce, but we got the offers and told them yes. And 
barring anything, you know, them canceling the tours, hopefully in the next month or so, we'll be able to announce them. Fuck yeah, I say these awesome. things. No canceling. <laughs> <laughs> no canceling. No canceling shows. No canceling tours, dude. Like, because then everybody, everybody gets all hyped up, like, and then, you know, it just doesn't happen. Like, my chem. Like, love my chem, but dude, now they're pushing, I think, to 2023 soon, so we'll see. No! They did it for yeah, Australia. The Australian tour is 2023 now. But we, we can't even ship. We can't even ship. We can't ship up, up there. Yeah, Australia oh, has yeah. uh they've they've banned the US or USPS from shipping there, so we have like merch orders in our merch store that we just can't send out. So we just have to tell everyone like, hey, whenever Australia lifts its uh package ban, we'll send you uh we'll send you stuff. Yep. They're going on full lockdown. Like they're not fucking around. They're like nothing's getting in and out of this fucking country. Yep. Crazy. Crazy times Funny, we live um... in. On a purely selfish note, um, I work in accounting at Live Nation, and I don't want to do refunds. <laughs> oh man, I I, I imagine uh, refunds are a huge part of uh, your job now. Um, I just started. I I was at Live Nation, then I left, and I came back mid October. So like, I didn't do like the the COVID refunds. Yeah. Thankfully, oh. but like, I have friends that were in accounting at Live Nation, and like. No, <laughs> I would never. It's a lot of work. Oh. No kidding. Yeah. Um, and the hope is yeah. that, you know, this record kind of brings us to the next level. Um, it feels like things are progressing in a positive way. Like on our last tour, there were way more people than we expected. We were not prepared for it. We thought it was going to be cool. We didn't think it was going to be like, a couple sold out shows cool like that was uh that was a complete shock to us um like going to venues and having like a literal line outside probably i think the thing that i noticed the most because i've i've always been like our tm is that the venues were treating us like a real band <laughs> like oh, i love I've always, that for you like i've always felt that there's you know like we were on tour and we brought some people but <laughs> it was kind of like, yeah, yeah, you're doing your little show. You're playing in your little band. Like that's, that's kind of the reaction we got. Um, like from the, from a lot of the venue staff, uh, this time it was the first time we're like, there were extra security guards at every show because there were like, there were so many people, the, the people like they gave us green room information and it was like, we, you know, the couple nights we got buyouts, that was that's a new thing for us. We've never like promoters and venues have never just like given us the you know the extra buyout. It's always been our little door deal. Um, we definitely were treated like, like oh yeah, we definitely want you to come back. Thank you so much. Like people were super nice. Um, so that uh, being treated like a real band was pretty cool. It was pretty I, nice. <laughs> I like that part. <laughs> oh, dude, I can only imagine. I'm pulling up. Um, I'm pulling up IG right now. I want to get it to come through on this video. Haha, this is for the YouTube pleasure. So, unfortunately, you guys can't see it right now, but I'm pulling up the Instagram. Um, so many emotions today. Yeah, dude, that's a sold out show. That's a sold out show. That's a sold Wow, that one's not a that's sold out incredible. show. You said you only had two sold out shows, but they all look yep. sold out, which is fucking awesome. So, like, and um, Brian was like, oh, dude, like, literally, like, fucking third show in, which was in Vegas. He's like, we knew we were like, oh, shit, like, this is going to be a sick tour for 11 days. Like, <laughs> pretty much 
I think okay. Dan's, you were talking about oh shit moment earlier. I think Dan's oh shit moment was definitely when we realized we needed to order more merch. Oh, I had two. <laughs> so the first one, uh, first night we sold out of one shirt in one size for like, and that was what we had, had allotted for the whole tour. And was right. like, this was like, this was wild. We'll see what the next night is going to be like. And the next night we sold out of a couple other things. So I I emailed our uh, our merch guy down in LA and I was like, dude, whatever you got, just start reprinting the designs, whatever shirts you have. And so we ordered like another 200 something shirts. And by the time we got back home to Seattle, like they were gone. Uh, so that was that was a total new one. Um, for me personally, my first, I think we're onto something moment was uh, I forgot to charge my Sonicare toothbrush before I left. And so at the <laughs> second night, my toothbrush, my electric toothbrush was dead. And so I just posted on, uh, I think I posted on Twitter, like, hey, if anyone has the charger for this toothbrush and is coming to the show tonight, can you bring one? And a toothbrush charger showed up to me like an hour later. So, <laughs> so I got the go. charger in the green room, gave, you know, gave it back to them. It, that was like the, oh shit, we're like, we're on our way. <laughs> <laughs> I need That's help. So and it cool. gets, it, it happens for me. It's like, please, please help <laughs> I, my teeth. And it's like, dude, fucking here you go, bro. Just give it back when you're done. So this is the sophomore album off of Revival Recordings. And um, I, I like it's not my business to know the contract. But leading into this question, I've been asking uh, guests more often uh, to see what the opinion is between uh, their own interpretation of what I'm going to ask. And that is um, kind of like how major sports athletes have their contracts put out there into the public would you think it would be a good idea if artists and bands were to start doing that with their labels as public information, or would you like to keep that to yourself? I think that there's probably a little bit of, um, I think a lot of bands would be embarrassed to put out their contracts to show what they agreed to. Um, because it's usually okay. pretty egregious. Uh, do you think I it think would revolutionize be, the industry? I think there's going to be, we're in the middle of a big shift. You're seeing a lot of bands switch to digital distribution deals instead of record label deals. Um, the first thing I can think of is Brand of Sacrifice. They put out a record with Blood Blast. And Fuck, I mean, yeah, they're like, right. they're basically, besides Lauren Shore, they're kind of like, like top dogs in Christ, like, right now. Yeah. Uh, and I've talked to, I talked to one of the guitarists. We had one of those moments where he was like, he was a fan of us. I was a fan of him. And we were like, Oh my God, I love your band. <laughs> um, That's sick. But we, uh, I chatted with him with one of the guitarists a little bit, and basically the deal that you get from a digital distribution uh, contract is seems way better than what a record label deal would offer. So I think the industry is going to be transitioning to that model a bunch, uh, and I think a lot of the smaller labels are going to have a hard time keeping up. Um, because if you can't, it basically, if you can't, they'll have to start offering similar deals, uh, which is just going to be less money for them, more money for the artist. Um, I think I'm pro, like I'm pro artists putting their contracts out there. Uh, I don't think there should be anything to hide. Like if you're, a sh if the, if the label is like nervous about the public knowing the deals that they're running, then they're probably running unfair deals. Um, so I I think a lot of the fans would be shocked at the percentage <laughs> breakdowns between labels and uh, and the artists. I mean, we're seeing 
what between you and me has been dragging hopeless through the fucking mud they really have over the past like two months so like they yeah. literally yeah they're just tweeting out like fuck our label, fuck our label over fuck and our over label, fuck our label. <laughs> so i which honestly sick for them <laughs> yeah i don't know anything about what's going on i just see i just see what's going on on twitter Seriously, uh, I think the pro for that is like to protect the artists and the bands in general from labels like Victory Records. Like, I don't know specific deals and such. Like, I'm not opposed to releasing my label with CI or my contract with CI Records. I think it would have to be a voluntary, voluntary. I can't fucking say it. Fucking, uh, it could be like you just volunteer to fucking show your contract. Um, I think the cons of it could be like, you know some fans like just like fucking rookies with their deals like they get like an extension or they get like a re-signage and like they're making so much money blah, blah, blah. and like fuck that dude that, that's just people's opinions but i think it's just for my thought process of the whole concept is like to protect the artists and the bands like in general like i'm sure the bigger bands don't want to do that but like i think to normalize like discussing and sharing what we have on the table with some of these record labels could potentially save a couple bands careers. I, uh, I have been toying around with the idea. Uh, I don't, I haven't figured out how to do this in a way that seems, uh, fair, but in a, in a way that seems like positive, I guess I've been toying with the idea of doing like on our Patreon, kind of like a yearly financial wrap up. And like just showing people what the like realities of how much money we make and how much money we have to spend is uh, on our on our for our Patreon. We get into pretty in-depth discussions about like the the money and what things look like and the logistics of running a band. Um, cause, they're, they're curious. Yeah, it's um, a business that, like, you ex- know, exactly. So. At, and one of the things that we're finding now is that like as as the things we're doing get bigger, the expenses along with it get bigger. And there's like nothing we can do to mitigate some of those things. Like now that we're at a point where we have to bring a sound guy with us and we have to bring a merch person and we have to have like a content person. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if we go to a hotel room, we have to get two hotel rooms because we just can't fit seven people in a room anymore. Um, we could, when we, when it was like, the four or five of us in the band and like our one close buddy, like, yeah, we could fit six guys who are all very close in the same room. But mm-hmm. now that we're getting to the point where like, we're having to hire people that aren't our like childhood friends, we need to get separate hotel rooms. So the cost, anytime we do that, it, it's just immediately doubled. Um, now we have to pay, like we can't get away with our buddy doing merch for $5 a day because he's our home and he wants to roll with us for two weeks. Like now we have to hire people who are doing this and trying to make a living. So we have to pay, you know, you know, $7,500 a day or whatever for these people to come out with us. Um, so it's still a great price by the way. Yeah. Like it is a great price. Um, they're working in the corporate world. They'd make like double or triple that. Uh, so been kind of toying with the idea of like, how do we kind of normalize uh, sharing the financials and and like we don't I, like I don't expect any artist to come out and be like yeah I made two million dollars last year like that's not what I'm getting at but like to I don't know if you remember a couple of years ago there was an artist that posted uh, how much money like they made on a tour and how and they were complaining about how like they made no money mm-hmm. and the internet just fucking lit them up for I being like and it was like. The, but the perspectives that everyone comes at are like, like people are coming at it from the DIY perspective where they're like, 
fuck that. Why do you need two hotel rooms a night? I'm like, well, it's not like it's four friends who are getting two hotel rooms. It's like, you know, you have when, when you're at the size where you have to have a light show and a content person and a tour manager and a sound person, like you can't guarantee that all these people are going to be willing to share a room and share a bed. So like you have to get them separate rooms. That's just the way it works. Right. Um, exactly. So, I remember reality. that article. Yeah, yeah it was an article. And yeah, it was actually I, a friend of mine that pointed out like the the varying levels to me because I was coming at it from a DIY perspective where I was like, dude, we sleep in the van all the time. Like we get one hotel room when it's like uh, and that's like a treat. That's a treat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. So, like, was this band saying they need to get three hotel rooms? And my, my buddy who was a touring sound guy pointed out like you really do because like I'm not going to share a room with three guys I don't know or share right. a bed with these people. Um, so just, that was the thing. I think the article yeah. just like didn't go in enough. They were like, they just said these are our financial, but they were like, this is why we need to do. Like, there was no further explanation, and it makes especially the DIY community. They were like, fuck you. Coming from, especially like after COVID, when COVID had hit, like everyone was so concerned about the artists, and I'm not saying that we shouldn't be concerned about the artists, but like people didn't the common person didn't understand crew behind that. Um, and it's like, you know, you saw all these artists, you know, even doing like some merch drops and doing live streams and this, and you can only do that so much. Like, like people have talked about time and time again, but like, there are so many people behind what you guys do that like nothing, they just suffered and you guys suffered too. But like, just to discuss the financials of like, you need a sound guy and a tour manager and, a merch manager and this and that you like see behind the band and then maybe there's just some understanding of like more people are getting paid than just the four guys playing music so yeah and it's and it a, a lot of those positions it's not like a like a luxury it, it's past the point of being a luxury like for us for a merch to have a merch person uh on our last tour like multiple nights, it's just a line the whole time. And like uh, one one night, our merch our merch person wasn't there, and Brian was running merch, and he literally had to text me. And he was like, "Dude, if I keep doing merch and talking to people, I'm gonna lose my voice." So like he needed to um, not to not talk to people for three hours before the show, you know, literally. for the sake of the performance. So I had to go and do that. And then because I was there, I wasn't able to go and like do uh, some of the setup stuff that we needed to do so other people like our if we didn't have our our sound person on the road with us i don't know how we would have set everything up because we would have had to either not have merch being sold or not had the stage set up properly like these jobs had to get like there were too many things requiring too much time for just four of us to handle it all um, and that's, and that's assuming all of us can just work at hundred percent capacity the whole night with no breaks. Uh, so it, like these crew positions, it's weird because we've never felt like this. Like the last tour we did, we, do we even, we, do we bring anyone on our last, last tour? I think it was just us four. Yeah. Wow, it was just us, a lot of work. It was just us four dudes. That's the thing though. It wasn't that much work. Because there weren't that many, there weren't that many people there, so it was like oh. merch. You just sit there for a little bit, and uh, you know you're on your phone, messing around or whatever. Uh, yeah, but imagine work. if it was a pack. Like that's that's what I'm saying. Right. I mean, this, is the, like, this is the first time we felt like 
we had to have other people. Yeah, and there were a couple a couple nights where the sound person at the venue was like was not going to cut it, and the things that we were bringing to the stage just it could not get done without a person who knew our sound and was like familiar with our set already. So like that job was required. Mm -hmm. Merch person required. Oh yeah. Luckily, the photographer was with the other band, so we just paid the person that was already working for them. Um, otherwise, you know, would have had to have one of those too. If you don't have content in 2020, like in 2021, what are you doing? You, <laughs> right. you literally cannot survive without content. No. So that's yeah, no, another that job that's required. You could technically like give the casual fan an idea, and I'm just using it as an example. Like I think this would be like really really interesting to talk about because it's very relevant still um especially like when you want to uh inform someone who doesn't really understand like going back to the article like you know they were upset they weren't making money well let's take this into perspective like the front man for uh shinedown brent smith he gave ten thousand dollars to spirit box which is a over-the-top like successful band who you know does it full-time okay why did he do that why did we came as romans not charge them a penny for their lighting package that they rented for them like why oh because no money's being made because they have to pay for that kind of situation in order to have a full successful show because i saw we came as romans on the 10 year anniversary planet seed tour and their fucking lights and their visuals were sick so like they're expensive as fuck so like you know rent and like you're saying like i think like if you if they understand on a, like a on a on a mainstream level i guess and like 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 basically the main question is like why were was money being donated to spirit box why did we car not charge them for rent oh because it costs money to run that show like the venue is just the venue and the promoters and that such like i don't know like everything like every little detail about a process of going on a tour because i've never like booked one i just kind of like jump on and like go but it's not cheap and the more and the venue the more expensive it is so yeah. like a live nation like a live nation venue has like a built-in operations expense for every single show and you know a lot of the guarantees could be expense like you get less than that so and if you have to do a backline and like this and that and i mean like all of a sudden your guarantee is ten thousand, and now it's you know eight thousand and then you have to pay everyone and then you have to split it between four people and like so many people don't understand that so yeah and if you're if you're past the point of like we're fortunate enough that like we invested in like own our van um if you're past the point of being able to fit in a van and you have to rent a bandwagon or you have to rent a bus because in order to run this tour you need 12 people like you have like the bus company isn't going to cut you a deal the bus, the bus company doesn't give a shit about like yeah. small bands or like up and coming artists. Like they need to get paid. Uh, and if you, you know, even if you take the route of like, you know, say you're trying to cut costs from not having a content person and you pay local photographers or someone, uh, you need someone to manage though that conversation with each local photographer. So you have to have someone doing that. So even if you don't bring another body with you, you have to have someone who like coordinates all that with each person every night. You have yeah. to pay for all the merch. Like you don't just like some bands I'm sure have deals where they can sell back their merch because they'll sell it online and the company handles that. But like, that's not what we have set up. We, we pay for merch up front. And then if we don't sell it, we have that until we sell it. And now merch is even more expensive because of post COVID 
and there's a shortage of everything. Literally so, a shortage of vinyl. Like Pure Noise made it like a statement. Records, like, you can't please. even get a vinyl press. No. So it's crazy. I, mean, I love talking music. Yeah, ours won't be ready until I go April. for like seven hours. Super thankful that right through me came through my for you page. Um, it hit right off the bat. Uh, this album that you released on October twenty second is phenomenal. Slow Bloom, and um, I'm so stoked for the future for what you guys have, and we'll definitely have to see you come out uh in the new year on the east coast in philadelphia so we'll see what happens but um brian and dan appreciate you guys coming by it was super cool talking to you of course thanks for having us